2019 and the year of the big spending, high stakes trading Reds. I'm Jeff. I'm Kim. I'm Jim. And this is the Three Old Reds Fans Podcast coming to you from Studio 82 down the street from our good friends at Beans in the heart of Cedarville, the always famous birthplace and final resting place of Reds pitching legend Bumpus Jones. And if you subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app or, or website, thank you for being one of the most loyal Reds fans ever throughout this rebuild. We do have a five-star rating on iTunes currently, um, so please rate us. We don't have a whole lot of ratings, but we <laughs> we got a few. We got enough people, a few. So go on there and do that. If you if you listen to us on like the Apple on your Apple on your iPod or iPhone, whatever uh, podcast app that'll you can do it there. And if you leave a review, nobody's done that yet, so I don't know if I want to read any, but if you do, we'll read it, and that helps get you more notice on those things, more people see you in searches and so forth, and and even more people can join in the fun. So if you do, we're gonna, we'll read your review on the show. I keep saying that, but nobody nobody wants their stuff read on the show, I guess, because nobody's doing it. So go do it, if that's you. Um, the rebuild is red hot. And you just want to get on board because one of these days we're going to play games in October and you don't want to miss out on the fun. So welcome to episode 36. And today, uh, it's just it's me and Kim as usual. Tom is uh, off doing wedding planning stuff. That's right. So um, that's going on in my family today too. There's wedding dress shopping going on in Cincinnati, but I am here at home. You're a loyal Oh, well, red fingers. Well, he's avoiding them. Has I don't think they want me around anyway. <laughs> well, Tom, <laughs> it's a mother. It's a mother, daughter, and two sisters kind of day. I mean, that's that's there for them to do. They did it with my first daughter, got married, or my youngest. Now my oldest is getting married, so that's their thing. And so I don't know what Tom's doing, but but their wedding is a good nine to ten weeks before ours. It is. Well. It's sooner. It's sooner. He's out picking out napkins or something. <laughs> <laughs> So Jim uh, Lyle has joined us, and you know, Jim was with us recently, and um, on, a, on a two or three shows back. And uh, Jim helps run a, a Reds Facebook page, rounding third, heading for home. And so uh, we've been uh, Reds caravanning. Uh, well, Jim has been Reds caravanning. He might as well be one of the guys. Did you get to ride the bus? Or I wish. <laughs> <laughs> so next year, next year. Next year. <laughs> so so you went to which one did you go to first? Columbus was the first one. It was on a Thursday. On a Thursday, mm-hmm. and then on this, then then two days later on Saturday, they're at the Air Force Museum in Dayton, and I was there covering it for the Dayton Daily News, wrote a couple stories, and Jim was there, and then Jim left from there and and drove like to, Billy Hamilton to <laughs> <laughs> to Batesville, Indiana. Batesville, Indiana. And What's that near? Is that near Evansville? Or? It's basically the only thing they're known for is caskets, and I'm telling you, oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. out in the middle of nowhere, really. Okay. All right, all right. So it's, but it's southern Indiana, right? Yes. Yeah, so yeah. it's, down, it's on the way, hike. probably on it the is. way to Evansville, but not that far. Yeah. So um, anyway, I'm there. We The the guys get there. Well, they were late. I uh, had a few minutes to interview. Talked with uh, Sal Romano, Cody Reed, Scooter Jeanette. We're going to hear from them on the on this, on this show. Clipped some of the interview stuff of them, and we're gonna we're gonna listen to some things they have to say and react to that. And then uh, the caravan. Those of you who've gone to it, well, I go in, we do the interviews, come back to where the fans are, and I'm there taking pictures. Supposed to take some pictures, and who do I see in the front row? Who do you think, Kim? 
Diamond Jim. Diamond Jim. <laughs> Carrying more stuff than he can ca- he can handle for the autographs. He bumped out the little eight, nine-year-old. Oh, yeah, he was. He was. No, no, no. Yeah. I used them to get there. He used them to get there. So who'd you have with you? I had my godson with me, as always. What's um, his name? First David. Name? David. And uh, his his friend, his uh, his best friend, which I call Flea. Uh, I call him that because he's extremely hyper and doesn't ever settle down, which I absolutely love. Uh, David's mom and dad was there, and then I had a couple other friends that uh, actually met me there from kind of out and around. So, uh-huh. Yeah. So, um, um, so the you know it's the players come in, and uh, so it was those three guys. Buddy Bell was there. Um, Sean Pender, one of the front office dudes. And Brantley Bell, who who's not related to those Bells, it's the son of Jay Bell. He played at Dayton a couple of years ago. I don't know where he is now. Double A, Triple A, some somewhere. Uh, not one of the big prospects that the Reds have, but you know he still may make his way to the majors someday. And then Big Bob Castellini was there. Uh, though he was not really available interview wise, he might have been afterward, but I had to leave because I had to go cover something else. And. Uh, so they were there and they talked and and uh, so they they passed the microphone around. They asked a lot of a lot of questions. The fan, the fan, you guys submit questions. Fans, is, is you coming yeah. in? Is that what happens? Is there a place to submit questions? It is. It's no, it's different in Dayton than what it is in some of the other ones. Some of the other ones, like the Batesville and the Columbus one, they'll walk up to you, you raise your hand, they'll give you the mic and let you ask it right there on the spot. Okay. But Dayton, since it's one of the bigger spots, you walk in, you go to the table, you can write down your questions, and they pick and choose the questions from there. Okay. So they had seats. I think somebody said for like 450 people there in one in the middle, one of the hangars. You know, you got airplanes all around. It's, mm-hmm. it's really kind of a cool setting. And uh, um, so, are the big are the other places smaller crowds? Oh yeah, definitely. Now, I I was shocked with the crowd at Dayton because to me it was less than it normally is, and I think the weather had a lot oh, to yeah. do with it. I would say there were 450 seats. There might have. I don't know if there were 400 people in those seats. Yeah, I don't know. Over 350, but maybe maybe, maybe around 400. They were all behind me, so I don't know. Yeah, he was in a front row. He, he was in and out and so he could get on to Batesville real yeah. quick. So, And so they pass around and answer questions, and Scooter had a little fun interviewing Sal one time. and So it's a good time. It's a pretty good time. And then everybody lines up for their autographs. You get one autograph per person, per, 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 per celebrity. You know, you got to... Pick and choose what you're going to do, right? That's what they say. <laughs> you, get, you get more than one sometimes? Well, honestly, you don't. I, I didn't really try to. I had a couple things up there, and sometimes I slide it down the table and it gets signed more than once. Like, I'll have, like, I, I think I had uh, on that time, I had a 8 by 10 of the stadium, and I, they just kind of slid it on down the table and everybody signed it, which wasn't my intention, but it yeah, worked. That's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of cool. Cool. So, Kim was out of town. Um, and uh, but he's back, and uh, maybe maybe you have to go next year if the weather's nice. It's kind of fun. It doesn't cost anything. You go over there and hang out, see him, and it's kind of cool. So so as I said, they had a chance to talk to him. So first thing I'm going to do here is uh, pop list a, a few of the comments they made. So here's what here's what Scooter had to say about the rebuild. Yes, yes. There's a. Um a lot of things to be excited about um, you know, not only the players basically a, a new coaching staff other than Freddie and um, you know uh, it's, it's something that I know that the players are excited about I know the, the, the staff is and um, you know I hope that the, the fans are too because it's been a few years now um, you know we've been in that 
rebuild phase. Uh, you know, the front office uh, called it kind of the past two years, and every time we show up to spring training, we don't like really like to hear those words as players. So now it's nice that um, you know they're expecting us to win now, and uh, you know we're 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 on the same page now. So that's that's always something to be excited about. What what caught your attention about what he said? Anything in there? I think a lot of it has to do with how they're coming into spring training in general, knowing that this is not just another year to kind of just go through the motions, but they actually feel that they can actually compete this year now, knowing they have a lot, I don't know. More pieces. More pieces, more confidence. More experienced major leaguers. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that expectation, did you catch that, Kim? He says, like, they expect us to win. Well, you know, I found it interesting that he said they call it a rebuild. And I really don't know what that. I, I know what a rebuild means, yeah. but what does that really mean? You know, as a, uh, I would think as a player, as a very productive player, not only for the Reds but an All Star this past year, for a Scooter, it's, uh, you know, I, you, you could sit there and read between the lines. Is he asking or is he saying, guys, get us to where we are competitive? Yeah. yeah. Enough of this. And I said it before, don't get a Gosselin, don't get a Pennington. I hate throwing names out there, but well, you, get but some players. The now, this is after the fact. <laughs> we do have quite a few players. Yeah. This is after the fact. So it's good to uh, it's good to know that. Yeah. And for him to be able to say that, there's some weight behind right. it. Right. Because I think, you know, how many times have we heard people say, oh, they're wasting Joey Votto's best years, yes. right? Yes. Well, Scooter's two best years have sort of been wasted. So he's not Joey, but he... He's a legit all-star type of guy, at least with the bat. And so, yeah, he kind of feels the same way. You know, he feels that way. Uh, Suarez will, will start to feel that way. Um, you know, guys, once you've done it a couple years, you're going to start to feel that way. Like, come on, let's do this. I'm I'm, I'm kind of in my prime here. Let's get something going, you know. And so there's a handful of guys on the team. And, you know, and a Puig and a Kemp and a Alex Wood and Roark, those guys are coming over and – you know they don't want to go to some team and just exist. They, they want to be good. They yeah. they want to win. So okay. Well, here's what and Cody Reed. Um, Cody's got an option left. One he can they can put him. De- he doesn't have to start the year in, in Cincinnati. He very well could in the bullpen. He could definitely win a bullpen spot. And or they could put him down there to say you're the first guy or second guy we want to call up to start. So we're going to put you down there to start. So who knows what he's really going to do? But but. Um, Here's what he has to say about sort of that rebuilding stuff. I heard the rebuilding thing right when I got traded over here. I heard it my first spring training in 16 with, you know, with the Reds. And I think now, you know, all the young guys have gotten, you know, some sort of, you know, uh, experience in the big leagues. So now it's just time to put it all together and win some games. Get some feet wet now. Um, Who do you think? I thought, well, who who, who do we think? Who's got their feet wet enough that maybe – uh, I think we began to see it. We've seen it out of Suarez. We really started to really see it out of Peraza last year, thinking pitching maybe more than anything. Who, whose feet are wet that maybe is like going to not pitch like a, a rookie anymore? A rookie or a young pitcher? A rookie or a, a, a rookie or a first or second year kind of guy. Castillo immediately comes to mind. Yeah. I know this would be his, uh, what, third year if you would or second and a half and, year and really last april was like his only bad month right other than that he's been really pretty good and i i you know we're fans we were hoping you know being a reds fan we didn't have much to cling on to joey for me winker yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some other ones. and and you know with with castillo 
I was just hoping, I think a lot of us are hoping that he would just build on incredibly like he did the year before. And that didn't happen. And even after April, much better. But we just kind of, I don't know, I just guess we were just hoping, clamoring, whatever. But Castillo immediately comes to Mm -hmm. mind. I don't think we saw enough of Molly uh, for me to put him in there. And I'm hoping that uh, Disco, you know, he's not as quite as young as those guys, but he is very young still overall. Uh, So hopefully those two, Castillo and Disco, will stay healthy, move forward, and just improve. Yeah, I can see those three easily. I mean, that, those three, I think, are going to be the front runners for starters. Cause who's, who's that? The same. Uh, yeah, Mali, um, Castillo, obviously. Um, and then... Uh, Disco. Yeah, Disco. Oh, Disco, okay. Yeah, right, but I can right, see gotcha. some good backups being Cody and Sal. I mean, Sal had 13 wins last year. Uh, I defended him left and right. I know some people were like, well, he's, you know, he's struggled. But, yeah, he has struggled, but... Not only plays with passion, but you also see. I think with the uh, with Johnson coming up uh, um, to help him out, I honestly see just changing drastically in the pitching in, in general. Did Sal look slimmer to you? Yes. Oh, he's lost twenty pounds. Yeah, his goal I was mean, to it lose. was amazing how yes. what he looked like. His goal was to uh, lose twenty pounds. It started in October, and he actually hit the twenty pound mark um, right out around the caravan. And yeah, he definitely. To me, he says twenty, but. He must have put on a lot of muscle, too, because he looks way slimmer than just 20. <laughs> you know, in some companies, there's you'll hear people talk about, this is a person we want to keep in the company. Yes. We want to keep them. And Romano, you, you made the mention, I you just said he's... that he plays with passion. You know what else he does? He roots with yes. passion. He's such a positive influence in the dugout. Gives home run, home run hugs, too. Every time yeah. you get a home run, yeah. he's right there. And, and I love this, it. This is a guy, you sit there and say, you know, we need to find a spot in this company for this man. Yep. Even if we don't have him plugged as starter, right? We have to have him in whatever because he is valuable in so many ways. Okay. Totally agree. Well, we we'll, got some. He talks about some of that a little bit later, and we'll get to that. So, so hold that thought a little, little longer. Here, and speaking of Sal, here's what Hal says. Sal had to say, you know, about that sort of rebuild um, scenario. Uh, you know, we've got our feet wet in the big leagues. Uh, you know, we've had some experience up there now, so there's really no more excuse. It's time to really bear down and, you know, get people out and do your job. You know, I, I'm guilty. You know, obviously the last couple of years haven't been the best for the Reds pitching staff. Uh, you know, we made some great accusations so far to help us out and, you know, some experience. So uh, I'm really excited to get out to Goodyear here soon. He's excited to go. He's You kind of get the same thing, right? It's like, hey, let's get there. Let's mm-hmm. do this. Uh, people talk like that every year, but there's a little less general, a little more specific this year. There's a, there's like some things. It's less abstract, if you will. And there's more. There's like things you can talk about, um, and I think that's interesting. And one of those things is Derek Johnson. And you know they just the Sunny Gray trade obviously had much to do with that. And so I'm gonna we've got I've got. Um, Cody and Sal talking about Derek Johnson. And before we jump to that, let's look at, let's just talk about Gray because that's the new acquisition since our last show that we did. And we got a Facebook question for Jim about Sonny Gray. <laughs> Somebody named Corey Joe Richardson Merrillat. Is that how you say that? 
I think it's Marlowe, actually. Marlowe? Is that how you say it? Well, I'm yeah. spelling it phonetically. I'm yeah, well. announcing, it, <laughs> announcing it phonetically. She says, this is a question from your godson, Jim. This is a real question. This, this is, is a real like, question on this Facebook. This is not like Saturday Night Live when they no, say, no. Mr. Richard Fader from Fort Lee, New Jersey. <laughs> right. No. This is truly This is truly okay. real. She wants to know, what's Jim's opinion on Sonny Gray? So, Jim, what is your opinion on Sonny Gray? And I, I segue into that because, obviously, he... Derek Johnson, being his college pitching coach, had a lot to do at, with this whole thing at Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. Yeah. Vanderbilt. So, what do you right. what do you think of that move? I I was I'm happy with it actually. Um, as long as they didn't have to give up a whole lot, and they didn't, so I was very happy mm-hmm. that they didn't have to give up a whole lot. They got a three year extension on the guy, so it's not a one year mm-hmm. you know deal for him. Is it a three year extension or two year extension? It's three. He's got him. They got him this year already right. signed, plus three more years. So it's four years total. plus an option year of only twelve million. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. So to I'm ve- oh, that's fine. I'm very, very happy with it. Um, I'm seeing the same passion out of him as what I do with Sal and some of the others. If you actually look at his uh, numbers side-by-side side with uh, Kluber and look where they're at, and I know that he hasn't been as consistent as what Kluber has, but you look at their numbers and they're almost identical side-by-side side for their career. And like I said, I know that you know he's he was injured and he hasn't bounced back exactly, but his numbers are, are out there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's impressive. And I'm very uh, – th- that's why I think I'm really happy with the Reds using yeah. the cybermetrics like they're doing because they're they're thinking outside the box. They're not sp- spending a fortune on somebody that's getting up there. Um, yeah, he's, you know, he's not necessarily young, but um, they're not spending a fortune on him. They didn't give up the farm to get him. And I could see, you know, he's got that same passion. I'm excited about him. Yeah. And I think um... – Along sort of what you said there for a second, too, made me think, you know, they made all these trades and all these top, top prospects whose names have been thrown around, they're, they're all still, still here. Team. Exactly. They're all still here. I think Jeter Downs is a tremendous prospect. Shed Longs is a good prospect. Um, I think Josiah Gray is probably a good prospect. But, you know, you can't like, you know, Thomas said, I'm tired of waiting. Can't wait forever on everybody because they can't, they, they're not all going to get there at the same time. And, you know, kind of, the Astros sort of sort of caught lightning in a bottle with that kind of thing with all these guys kind of showing up within a year or two of each other. And boom, they were really great, right? Um, plus, they added some pitchers through trades um, but and, and signings and such. But yeah, I think that that is a, a real thing that they didn't give up a lot of stuff. And, and we tend we tend to th- see things in, uh, and especially in the media, there's a lot of seeing um, things very um, um, big gaps between everything. Oh, Corey Kluber, greatest pitcher in the American League, Sonny Gray, way down here. But in reality, there's often not a ton of difference. Right. You know, it's, it's actually, like oh, this team's no good. Well, they're not. Uh, they're close. You know, it's not. It's not so black and white as you think it is. All the, time. the comparison was actually with Ketchell and not Kluber. Oh, yeah, oh. but either way, I mean, I'm sure it's not too far off. But I got the wrong name on there. Okay. But this was you know, it's actually yes. one of the things that was posted on there um, on uh, my one of my uh, other administrators on the Facebook site. It's got Kluber and um, Gray side by side. Their ERA careers is both 366 um, when it comes to strikeout. Uh, Per inning, you got 7.9 versus 7.2. Uh, walks, you got um, 
3.1 versus 2.6. Um, so basically, uh, you've got almost side by side, and the Reds are saving about fifty million dollars compared to. Pitching. Yeah, right, right. I mean, it's and that is part of it is mm-hmm. is is the money. I mean, it all, it's going to be part of it. Well, wasn't it just two years ago when the Yankees got him from the A's? This was like a coup of an acquisition for the Yankees. Yes, and yeah. so as we talked about on our last show, some people just do not perform well in New York. Remember, Randy Johnson was a member of the Yankees for not even a full season. It's just not his cup of tea in New York. Jay Bruce certainly didn't do anything in New York. Some mm-hmm. people just don't perform in New York. So uh, hopefully he will build on that. And then what also, and although Corey Joe didn't ask me my opinion, um, I'm with you, Jim. I like the fact that you know the initial response from the Yankees was, we want Stevenson and Shed Long and this, a, a, right. a trade pick. And we're all, for me at least, I was so scared of Jockety having anything to do with this again. We <laughs> right. got fleeced with Chapman. Um, I was nervous. But then we didn't give those guys up. We still have Trammell. We still have Stevenson. We still have Sinzel. And I do not want Jonathan India touched. I think, you know, you said it really well, Jeff. All these Houston Astros kind of came out more or less at the same time. Well, we're a little spaced out, but... Senzel and India, to me, are the same type players yes. and the same type potential. And if we get, we're going to get Senzel up, forget being hurt, all things being equal. We're going to have him this year, at worst, late April, and there's a good chance we're going to have India on that team in two years. Yeah, Those right. two, if they keep doing like they've done at every level, wow, the, uh, with Winker there. Yeah, Suarez and if, there, and if, Suarez. and if the lineup is so <laughs> is so good and solid that you can't find a place for India, well, he'll fetch a he'll fetch you a good something or other. Yeah, that's you know right. he will. He'll he'll get you something. So, um, well, you know the Gray, um, Derek Johnson connection is real. Um, I don't think it's all about just coaching them up. Guys still have to have the ability <laughs> and the talent, and I'm sure he does. Um, and hopefully that will 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 play off. But um, here's what um, first uh, Reed and then Romano had to say about Derek Johnson. Derek Johnson, what do you know about him? Have you talked to him, met him? Uh, yeah, uh, I have um, multiple times. Uh, he called me actually when he was on his way to Reds Fest uh, early December. He called me. We talked for 10, 15 minutes about everything. Um, you know, he was with Milwaukee, so he probably saw all of us throw. You know, at some point. Um, you know, I'm really excited. He has got, you know, really, really good reputation. You know, he was at Vanderbilt for a while, and uh, I've actually read his book he had when he was out there because uh, David Price is one of the guys that I really followed when I was going through, like, the draft process when I was in college. And he had nothing but, you know, awesome things to say about him. So, I mean, if David Price is going to, you know, take his time to do something like that, you know he's got to be, you know, worth something for sure. Uh, Derek Johnson, you, you talk to him? What are your – Yeah, he's a great guy, and – you know, for him to even come over from the Brewers and see what he did in Milwaukee and then for him to leave Milwaukee to come here. And I think that speaks a lot to the type of uh, manager that we have now, David Bell, uh, for, you know, for those guys to come over from the success they had at those other two teams. Um, she probably says a lot about David. And, you know, Derek has, you know, been very involved already uh, with all the pitchers, pitchers, with the group texts and sending us videos and stuff that can help us out. So and individually phone calls. And uh, I'm really, really excited to be able to, to pick his brain and, you know, make my game better. He's been in touch with him. Um, which isn't surprising, but you know, with a, as easy it is to communicate these days um, via text and so forth, sounds good. Sounds promising. Sounds like a guy that writes a book on pitching, as as he has, 
Well, he's probably studied it pretty well. Mm. He ain't just going off his experience. Um, he's definitely studied it. So I think the more you hear about that guy and the stuff, um, it's not all the only thing that matters, but it sounds like a, a good a good get for him. So I'm excited. I mean, also, um, Casale, also their backup yeah. catcher, he also was you know under him in Vanderbilt as well. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he and Gray know each other, right? Yes. Casale, they yeah. played together in college. So uh, as long as Casale makes the team, which I, I, I think not. he will. He's, yeah, he's I good. think he's I, I think he's the easy number two catcher this year. There's nobody minor leagues that's ready. All he's the, not going to be our DH, is he, Jeff? Well, that would be a good good idea. <laughs> uh, so, so there's that. So any other thoughts on that? Okay, here's what – now, roles are – we're not sure what the roles are, so – you know, I think everybody pretty much everything I've seen and the thoughts I've had and see if you guys have any if you guys have any different opinions, but I mean the rotation is gonna be the three new guys we've traded for. And I think Castillo and Di Scalfani is probably going into spring training the five they have in mind. Um I don't know who starts opening day. I think Wood. Wood. I was I'd, gonna say Gray or Wood. Yeah, I'd also think about putting Castillo out there, but um if you want, if if you think he is your guy who can be your number one, why not? Why not say you go be the, you go be the man? Put that confidence in him. I don't think that puts pressure on him. I think it puts confidence in him. So I don't. Want, it'd be interesting to see what they decide. But I can easily see going Alex Wood. Yeah. The only reason I say Wood even over Castillo, and I think Castillo is definitely their future ace. It's just a matter of you know it's such a big environment for opening day. And is that stage going to be too much for Castillo? I mean, yeah. Well, if it is, there. if it is, he's not really number one. I mean, uh, like, not quite. I don't think he's there quite yet. Yeah. I think he will be, but yeah. I don't even think he'll be there even by the end of the season. I think he's that good. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of you know his confidence. I think. Yeah, yeah. So that leaves like who's in the bullpen? Uh, Romano, Reed, Chat. They they still have options. Molly. Uh, Molly certainly does. Lorenzen. Um, and Lorenzen's going to be on the team, obviously. Amir Garrett's going to be on the team, I would imagine. And then the the short guys, you know, the Iglesias and Hernandez and Hughes, as long as they don't have – like Hughes and Hernandez, as long as they don't have a horrible spring. Right. You know, uh, a Peralta, I don't know. Peralta was really good the first couple months or so with the Reds, and he hasn't been that good since. If we so have, he's got to have a good spring, you know I think, what? to make the team. Having Reed and uh, who's the other lefty? Garrett. Yeah, I mean Peralta is going to be fighting for a roster spot. Uh, he is, he is, and there's only one left-hander in the in the rotation right now, right. and which is it. But that was interesting. I saw MLB put out a list the other day of like projected rotations across Major League Baseball, and I looked at the NL Central, and the Cubs have three lefties, but nobody else has more than one, and somebody even has five right-handers. Maybe it was the Pirates. I can't remember now. I'd have to look at it. But it was like, okay, well. We got one lefty, and the Cubs got three, but nobody else really has any lefties either. So, you know, I don't know how much that matters always. I just want guys that can get people out Yeah, more than anything. That's the key thing. So um, I guess two things being – two guys being equal, if one's a left-hander, you probably lean that way. But otherwise, you pick the best, the best guys. So um, here's what Sal has to say about his role going forward this year and what he's hoping for and all that. 
Um, one thing is definitely you got to compete in the strike zone. Uh, I think that's most important. You got to get these get these major league hitters out. You got to be able to compete uh, with quality pitches inside the strike zone. Uh, these guys go up there with approach, so that's really important. And I also learned that you know I could start and relieve. Uh, that's one of those things I've never really relieved before, and I got some experience last year uh, coming out of the bullpen. So uh, it's one of those things where whatever the Reds want me to do, I'm going to be up for it. And uh, but you know this is a this is a comeback year for me. I, I'm really motivated to. I'm in the best shape that I've ever been in, um, and I'm ready to get out there and to show what show what I can do. No, I want to be there, be happy with it, and also pitch well. That's the most important. I want to help the Reds win uh, any way I can, and. I think that's the most important thing. It's no more about just getting your feet wet, like I said before. We got to win. Uh, I think we have the pieces to win. Uh, I think we got some young guys that can really help us out. Um, hopefully, I can be part of that. And I know that I'm ready to go here uh, here in a couple weeks to show that I belong there. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. You know, with a guy like Derek Johnson, I got to really listen to what he has to say about what he has to say about me. Uh, but the competition, I've been in a competition with it every single year. Um, you know, the first two years ago, I was the last one cut. Um, and then last year I was able to break with the team in the rotation, so it's possible. Um, so I'm just going to go in there with an the open mind. When, my, when the ball's handed to me, I'm going to be on a mission to, to do my job, so I'm looking forward to it. Okay, sounds like a guy you want on your team, doesn't he? <laughs> as, we already, Definitely. as we already alluded to, or didn't allude to, we talked about. And he's still a guy that could get 15 starts this year. Just mm-hmm. You never know, right? I mean, he could. Yeah. That, that could happen easily, injuries and such. So. Um, so I think he, he uh, and, he, and the first thing he talked about, too, was strike zone, strike zone. He's learning it. Everybody's learning mm-hmm. it. You're in a pitching coach out there that doesn't tell you to throw strikes. It's just whether or not they can they can do it consistently and do it. So, And here's what – here's Reed. It's a, it's definitely shorter than what Sal had to say. I always – even in the offseason, I always go in to be a starter. So uh, that's what I've been doing this offseason. And, uh, you know, last year I did both. And the year before that, I did both as well. So, uh, you know, I, I – Pitched out of the bullpen when I came back up, you know, around like early August, and I pitched my way into the rotation, made a couple starts in September, and I thought I, you know, did pretty well. So uh, just trying to carry that over into this season. Yeah, I mean, uh, I got called up for the first time in June of 2016, so uh, and I've been up and down since. So uh, it's definitely tough, you know, because you want to you see cool things happen. Like I wasn't there when Scooter hit four home runs, you know, and you see stuff like that, and you want to be there, you know, for moments like that, and. Uh, and just to be a part of the team, and you want to win, and you, you want to be up there because that was ultimate you know, goal for me. And yeah, I've made it, but now it's just all about staying. The fact that he is on the Reds caravan tour tells me they still got faith in this kid to to really be I mean, to contribute to the team some way. He and, ended and, his and season so strong, he, though. He I was did. so impressed. He, well, he with did, really did. It was like a whole different person. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for him. But I, I, I'm, I'm happy about the Reds saying, yeah, these guys finished strong and they look pretty good, but you know what? We're not going to just hope for that. We're going to go get some guys. And Hope's we're gonna, not a strategy. That's right, and we're going right. to have some depth. And we're going to have some depth. So when Alex Wood strains his oblique or, <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying, or Tanner Roark. Uh, it just seems to be so common with our team. I know. When, when Tanner Roark's uh, shoulders bother him a little bit for a couple weeks, we can bring in a guy like Reed or Romano or Molly instead of Tim Adelman and Scott Feldman and Asher Wojciechowski and Giovanni Gallardo and Ugh. Lisa Verto Bonilla By the way, you and all these guys. Adelman might be making a comeback. Really? Yeah, yes. I did. I did. Well, good for him. Hope he can, you know, he seems like if he can find a way to hang around a bullpen for a few years, that'd yeah. be good, great for him. Yeah, you know, you, you wish the best for those guys. So so that that that's sort of that whole thing. And I think, um, 
those guys are, while not top of the rotation guys or the number, you know, for sure on the team this year, it's just interesting, to, I think, to hear some of their, uh, what they have to say, because it's probably what a lot of the other guys would have to say. So let's take a quick break here from that, and let's go, let's, uh, go back to last episode, which was episode 35, and we, we've been doing, like, Red's uniform numbers based on the episode number. Um, which we should have started in the very beginning, but we didn't. Maybe when we get too high of a number, we'll go back and revisit the first 25 or whatever where we started. Maybe when we get to 101, we'll do number one. So you mentioned at the end of the show, last show, Kim, number 35. We didn't do it, and you said? Don Gullett. Don Gullett. Okay. A couple other pictures from that kind of era, 70s, 80s era, the Reds were also wore number 35. Any Any names come to mind? He's not gonna know. Jim's not gonna know. <laughs> I, I Some of them looked in. You might know the names when I say them, but you won't. Someone yeah. off of memory for me, so I no. No, Woody Fryman. Wow, wow. that's and Frank Pastore. Frank, how can I forget Frank Pastore? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those, it's a pitcher's number. Thirty. Once you get into that thirty mid thirties, you know you're getting into pitcher's numbers. But also, Hall of Fame catcher Ernie Lombardi in 1938 wore number 35. And then what's interesting, when you look at those guys from that era, like they had a different number every year. Hmm. I don't know what it was. You know, they didn't spend as much money on uniforms. It's like, oh, well, what fits you this year? And you put on five pounds, you're wearing number 35 this year. You can't fit into number 20 anymore, you know. So he did that. He wore six different numbers as a red. And like, I don't know how many years he played with the reds, maybe 10. So move on now. This is episode 36. I've got I know one. four pitchers here. From the seventies forward, that wore number thirty-six. All right, first there's the uh, the hawk, Clay Carroll. Why? Why every time that we say Clay Carroll's name, somebody says the hawk? That's, that's we just that do. We just do. It's I like when a guy I... when a guy has a nickname, it's like you just you always want to say the nickname too. I just think like it's funny. Luke Lelouch. What was his real name? <laughs> yeah, who knows? Who knows? Andre Dawson. Yeah, he was the hawk. Automatically, you see the hawk, and I think Andre Dawson. Yeah, but Clay Carroll. Time I grew up, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who else? Anybody else? Hmm. You saying pitchers, right? Yeah. Another uh, one from the '80s, one from probably the '90s, and one from the 2000s. All pitchers. Yeah. Wow. One was the ace of the staff at one time. Rio? No, before uh, that. Before that. Really good pitcher on really ba- on some bad teams. Oh, Mario Speedwagon. Mario Soto. <laughs> Mario Speedwagon. All right, another one. Former Yankee. Uh, David Wells. Oh yeah. And then Edinson Volquez wore number thirty-six. Yeah, that's right. Good one. Also, a guy named. You thought Chris Sabo was the first Spuds to ever play for the Reds, <laughs> right? I know you did. A guy named Spud Davis in 1938. He was a catcher in 37 and 38 for the Reds. Played 16 seasons in the majors, mostly with the Phillies and the Cardinals. And he was a 16 years. You ever heard of this guy? Guess what his career batting average was? You'll never guess, I'll tell you. <laughs> 308. Wow. 308. And you never heard of him. 
John probably did, but it, you know, John, 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 but John's not here. But I was just thinking he probably had it because he so, lived during that time. I mean, I yeah, was, <laughs> you like to pick up, you like to tell, act like John's like a hundred years older it, than he really is. But it makes is. it fun. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's our uniform number thing. So, um, let's see. Uh, analytics is a big, a lot of talk this year with everything coming in. So let's hear what um, um, Sal Romano has to say about. I asked him a lot about sort of that new new stuff, so you'll hear me on here a little bit too, asking him three or four questions about it. With the hiring of people and new positions, they just hired another guy, okay. uh, a game plan yep. coach. Yep. Analytics gets talked about a lot. Is, what's different right now that you think is going to be different as far as approach to the game, managing of a game, and so forth? I think there's a plan. There's going to be a game plan every single game, what they want to do, and I feel like uh, I think that tone's going to be set in spring training. I feel like David's really going to, you know, have a, probably have a meeting with all of us and uh, really explain what, what he expects from all of us as well. Um, you know, these guys have really talked to us about, you know, about being, you know, about supporting each other, one, and two is doing your job and worrying about, you know, what you need to do in order for this team to win. And uh, I think we all, you know, are very, very excited to work with all those guys for sure. Okay. So you think it'll be a, a different atmosphere? Yes, 100%. I think David will bring in something where it's it's all business for sure. He's definitely, and he's, he's a player's coach too, so he's one of those things where um, he wants us to succeed and he's going to let us know what he thinks that we should do. Yeah, and it could be some, like, different, a lot of new ideas about how to do that? Yeah, 100% you, with all you, these people you, that you, you have, that? you know, with the analytics and stuff like that. You know, that stuff's pretty part, part of this game now. It's, uh, it's kind of got away from the old school stuff. It's, you know, it's... You know, stats don't lie. Basically, is what what they're saying here. So, uh, you got to definitely take that into consideration for sure. And you feel like there'll be plenty of buy-in on this team. Yeah, I think every, everyone's open to listening, and uh, these guys have you know have a lot of knowledge in this game and a lot of experience. I think it's something that we we definitely have to listen to. Stats don't like him. I like that. Do you, does you Woba lie? The record says you are. Does Woba lie? <laughs> EDP doesn't. EDP lies. <laughs> EDP lies. <laughs> does WRC plus lie? Oh. Does FIP lie? No. FIP plus. FIP, XFIP. No, it does not. FIP, XFIP, whatever you want to call it. None of that stuff lies. So that's the new, that's the, that's the new paradigm for the Reds. I mean, that's, that's what they're going to be. And as I said before, you might see some managing decisions that you don't, that we don't understand or we're not used to seeing, you know, um, well, I didn't understand Riggleman's last year. Well, I know. Right? <laughs> and he was old school sometimes. He double switch Winker in the fifth inning. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, well, you know what he could do, what they could do this year, you could have you could double switch an outfielder along with a with uh scooter at the same time and go defensive, you know. Put somebody, put a put Sinzel at second, and move somebody else into center, who, like Irvin, into center field in the sixth or seventh well, inning. If you've got the lead, role for if you've got the sixth about. or seventh in the sixth or seventh inning, you've got the lead. You might do that and move a guy from center to left, and Winker goes to the bench, and or Winker stays in, and 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 Puig comes out. You know, I mean, it's gonna Here's you could see some interesting question, stuff like that. This year? Now he said, "I feel okay," and I, you know, I, I don't go by feelings, but. And maybe that's just a word he's using it, but I feel like there's a plan for every game this year. It's kind well, of interesting. Well, he, I, I don't think it's an attack on anyone. I think it's just the uh, the analytics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't. I'm sure Riggleman had his plan. It's just it's just a deeper, more thought out, more more um, numbers based plan, not as much gut. 
so to speak. I yeah. think I totally agree with that. And I'm I don't know. I like the way that he's going to come. Like you said, I think he's going to rile some feathers. I can see him changing things up. And I know there are a lot of baseball in general are not having starters go as long in games. And I think that, uh, yeah, David Bell is going to be the same way. I think that he's going to start using a lot more middle relievers for longer periods of time and stuff. And I think it's going to, have to be questioned a lot, but I think it's going to pay off. Well, the, the key is a starter, if you want to go six or seven innings, don't start walking people. Yeah. <laughs> but I just think baseball you in know, general is not. Don't walk people. Keep your pitch countdown. Bob, Bob you Steve de- says hello. <laughs> you, you determine your playing time more than I do. That's I mean, right. and that's there's a lot of truth in that. Coaches say that. I say it. Well, that's If you're going strong from, into the seventh, you're probably going to stay you in. You hear from coaches on Little League on up. Well, you don't hear from Little League, but a little bit over. You want to play? Produce. Produce. Right. But I think it's more than that, though. In baseball in general, their starters are not going like they used to. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's just extremely rare. And it's not just the Reds that are really struggling. Just if you look in statistics in general, I don't have them offhand, but I mean, a lot of the pitchers in general are not going nowhere no. like they used to. No, there's very few guys that ever get to 200 innings. Yeah. You don't see guys go 260 innings. You see, you see your aces go longer, they still don't throw the number of complete games that they used to or shutouts or anything like that. They go longer than the three, four, and five guys. Your ones and twos usually pitch longer. Um, so if you want to if you want to be a seven-inning guy, be a one or two and don't walk people. Mm-hmm. And and don't give up a bunch of home runs and you can pitch You can pitch more. You'll have, you'll have a longer leash. The other thing, and you, we alluded to it earlier about Sal uh, being – such a good dugout guy and, and um, with the home run hugs and, and when Billy would score, he'd, get, he'd lift Billy off the yeah. ground and it's a lot of fun. So I, I asked him about that too and, and with uh, and just about Puig and Kemp. And, and, well, mostly I asked him about Puig and he mentioned Kemp as well a little bit, but just facing Puig and I said, is he, I said, is he like, and I don't have this, on, I didn't keep all this in here, but before the part we're going to hear, I said, uh, is Puig like one of those guys that, um, uh, when he comes up to bat, is he a, is he a scary guy? A pitcher's afraid. Afraid? He says, "Oh, I don't get. I'm not afraid of anybody." I said, "Well, no, I'm <laughs> okay." I didn't, <laughs> He's a big man I, too, I didn't mean to say you were afraid of anybody, but I mean, is he? You know, is he one of those more feared hitters? Is kind of what I was trying to get at. Yeah, and I think he. Yeah, he does. He 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 understands how hard that guy is to get out. But here's some stuff he had to say about Puig as a hitter and as a you know as a clubhouse dugout kind of guy tough out for sure he's one of those guys you got to make quality pitches as i said before uh to get him out in the strike zone for, um and then obviously he, his arm in the outfield is one of the more stronger out, uh, outfield arms there is in the league so um and then a guy like matt kemp the experience he has postseason wise and even Puig with the postseason experience he has too um, but i think the most important thing about Puig is what he brings his character um, he has fun playing this game and that's what we're all taught since we're little kids to have fun playing it and then do your job as well so i think that's going to be huge for us when you've 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 been a guy that likes to have fun in the dugout yeah. uh eugenio does mm-hmm. all you guys is this just another guy to help is this yeah. gonna, what's that going to do for the mor- i don't know morale or just dugout yeah i think it's going to bring a really you know good vibe into the dugout for sure uh you know we like to have fun with it too uh, we love to see our teammates succeed. I, that's what my, you know, one of my things is. Is you know, I love seeing my teammates, uh, you know, do well and make sure that they know Sally, that, done. you know, it's one of those. <laughs> Thanks, Eddie. Scooter being Scooter, but yeah, it's just one of those things where we just want to have fun with it, be relaxed, and you know, have fun and you know, and but but win as well. Yeah. So having a lot of fun, and you, 
I don't know if you caught that. We were doing interviews, and Scooter was coming back over to go to the one other guy that was doing interviews for the museum, and he yells out to to Sass, says, "You're done, yeah, <laughs> you're done." And so uh, uh, that was kind of funny. And then I asked him two or three more questions after that. But uh, um, but you know, Scooter's another guy. He's he's a fun, he's a fun guy. He smiles a lot. Where we were doing the interviews, um, away from where the caravan area was, it was you know, hundred feet away from there. Um, in between it is the the Air Force One that's in there, mm-hmm. um, the the one that um, Kennedy's, Kennedy. Kennedy's Air Force One, LBJ took the oath office on that plane and all that. So they're doing we're doing uh, there's two kind of interview stations set up, and we're talking to either Reed or Romano, and the other guy's talking to one of the others. And Scooter goes over and goes up and goes through the plane. So he's going over to do that. Of course, he went right through it. He didn't spend much time in there. But there isn't a lot to see. Just kind of walk through. It's not big, fancy plane like you see in movies these days. But So he was having fun. He was coming back from that. And there were other people over there. He was chatting up and having a good time, taking pictures with some other local government official types. And um, and so he comes back, and then he talks to us. And we didn't have much time with him because they were a little late, and it was time to get the guys on stage. So we had a shorter time with Scooter. But I think things are new. You got new stuff. You got new players. You got new coaches, a new manager, a new approach, way of thinking about things. And then you add in there um, another another um, a guy who's full of enthusiasm like Twig is. And I, I think... You know, I think it all – does any one thing make this team better? No, but all this stuff together gives this team a shot to be competitive. I don't know that they can go to the playoffs this year, but they can definitely be competitive and make us think they can anyway. Yeah. I When they first signed Puig, I was never a big Puig fan. Um, but a lot had to do with his character and stuff. I thought he was getting better at some in some areas. Then he started predicting that you know the Dodgers going back to the World Series and they were going to win and all this stuff and that stuff just is that arrogance it? drives me nuts. Is that is that bother you? <laughs> it, it does. Um, but the more I've got to see, I started following him on Instagram and I'm telling you, the guy is he's just a fun loving person. Yeah, he's yeah, he he's weird. He's extreme. He licks his bat. I mean, that's just bizarre as get all get out anyway. But uh, the more I see and hear about him, I'm like, the more I'm really excited about watching him play. I just he's he's fun. Yeah, and he's not the same guy he was five years ago. No doubt. He's, he's matured. I mean, and I want to see that rocket arm from right oh, yes. to the plate or third base. I, I, I look forward to that. Yes, <laughs> I really do. Yeah, yeah, nailing somebody. Or, or holding guys at second all the time. They just can't – they just don't run. Right. And that's, yeah, that's Billy another. has a good arm, you know, but this is a rocket arm. His, yeah. yeah, his arm is insane. Yeah, I know, I know. goes back to the uh, – Dave Parker days mm-hmm. uh, with the arm that he had is is, is what, Go ahead, what makes the Cobra, the Cobra, <laughs> Dave Parker, the Cobra. We got to say the nickname. Dan Dreesen, they used to talk about his swing. He was, people the Cobra, the Cobra, yeah, yeah. So um, let's see what else have I got on my list here. Um, um, we had uh, we did I did want to give a shout out to one of our viewers on YouTube because <laughs> our 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 podcast um, uploads to YouTube and. You can watch it. It's just a still shot of the title of the show, and you can listen to it. So one of our guys on there, S.G. Rickman, he this was before they made any of the deals, and he was like, the Reds won't pay for any of these pitchers. Well, you know, they've only paid – they've gotten three. They've actually only paid for one of them, you know, in a way, because they're only paying two of them this year. We don't know if they'll try to re-sign them. 
Um, he was at that time. He said, "Hey, I'm okay with Discafani, Castillo, and Molly being given another shot. Happy with the middle relievers and closers. We need to add a one and a two, and which they've gone out and got three guys now. And and even bef- before that, then he was saying, I didn't bring up Hunter Green early beginning of the year because he's going to be better than any number two we got now. Which I see the that's the frustration there of like they're not getting anybody. Let's might as well bring up Hunter Green even though he's not even close to being ready." Um, um, and you know, wanting them, people wanting them to fork out the money for a solid number one. Well, they've, yeah. Did they go get what everybody thinks of as a number one? No, they got some good pitchers. Maybe Castillo becomes one of the top thirty pitchers in the in the national in the major leagues this year. If he does, then you've you've accomplished that, um, and so forth. So, just wanted to <clears throat> to uh, acknowledge that. And his lineup at the time. Was Peraza, Winker, Votto, Suarez, Jeanette, Senzel, Shebler, uh, Barnhart um, was what he he had Shebler in center, Senzel in left. Uh, but then, since obviously we've made trades, um, which brings to that point, it looks like a four to five man, four man outfield, um, and the whole center field question. And AJ Pollock just signed with the Dodgers, and he was really the only legit guy you would want to spend any money on to go get. So it looks like they are content to kind of figure center field out as they go. Are we okay? I'm I'm kind of okay with that. I don't if I thought we could if the center fielder was the one thing that was keeping us from going to the World Series, I wouldn't be happy, but I don't think it is yet. Mm-hmm. So we've made a bunch of moves. I think I'm okay with figuring it out. Yeah. I we're obviously not going to see the defense we've seen with Billy, but we're going to see the offense that we didn't see with Billy on the field. <laughs> so, uh, I yeah. mean, you've got so many. Shedler can fill the role, Phil Irvin. Um, I do. I mean, I know that Senzel is going to be practicing a lot for it. He's just an all around amazing player that I can see him filling it. I mean, Billy was never a center fielder originally. That's what I said last time. Exactly. Our last broadcast. You know, Billy was not. Why not Senzel? And he has been working at it for yes. a while. And uh, you know, well, me and you both are very high on Senzel. So, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm very, very uh, adamant about this guy. And Ryan Yount made the switch to center field later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was a stud shortstop. Yeah, yeah. So the, the Senzel question too. The other question that, that comes up is um, opening day, and there's this whole thing about April. So you get another year of control. Mm-hmm. I if I if if he's one of your best players. I think he should be on the opening day roster. Um, I've said this before. And the, the the reason I say it, and I haven't said this really before on here, is that baseball players have long memories. And six years, five, six years from now, whatever the whatever it is, what's, you know, is he going to, yeah, you guys, you guys kept me from making my money one more year. Because you wouldn't bring me up till April, I'm interested in going somewhere else, and I, I don't think you take that chance. Is Chris Bryant going to be that way with the Cubs? Maybe. I just don't take that chance. Life's too short. Seasons come and go too fast. Your windows to really win are so small. Sometimes, especially in a market like the Reds and the way the Reds have operated over the years, I don't know. I, I, I'm for just getting him in. If he can play, if he's going to play, if he's one of your if he's your if he's your utility guy who's going to get 500 bats or close to it, 
I start the season with him. I totally I don't agree. Know, I don't know if you. I know you've you've said before, Kim. I'm, I would wait and wait. Does I'm that a, does does my reasoning sway you at all? Both both of you. I understand that, and I get it. And you want to see you want to see young studs. You want to see the best team out there. Here now, for, in terms of what's he thinking, you know. Oh, I can't that, predict that. Could be that. anything with anyone, right? right? Could be anything with anyone. Antonio Brown, Le'Veon. But Brown, I don't want to. I don't want to take the chance. All right. Here's my thinking. We have a hard, a more difficult time getting players to want to come to Cincinnati, right? Yeah. We're not a major media market. We're not New York. We're not Chicago. You're not warm weather L.A. And so, if you can, big picture for me as I look at it, wait 15 games. And then bring him up. And you've got a Shepler. You've got a Puig who can play center field. You've got Philip Irvin who can play center field. And we wait 15 games. And you have that extra year of control. I think you have to consider that from an upper management standpoint. I think that's just one of the variables you take to consider. Mm -hmm. What you mentioned, I I think you give it some thought. But you do what's best for your franchise. Well, I I agree. You have to do what's best for your franchise. But is is, is what's best for your franchise keeping him happy? Versus a one more year of control. I don't know. I well, just, I just, throw, I just throw that out there. I think I see people. They sign not. They sign for the money. They say it's because of this and that, but they sign for the money. Our very own Don Gullett left us and went to the dreaded Yankees thirty plus years ago. Yeah. So many players have left for the money, mm-hmm. and their careers have not panned out like you would have thought. Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes they do because most of the time anymore. Because by the time you get to that money stage, you're older. And and in baseball, Bryce Harper and, and Manny Machado are exceptions this year, but generally it's guaranteed. You're older. Yeah, and so I, I get that perspective as well. So to me, I, I I've never heard a I've never heard a player say, "Well, six years ago they didn't bring me up for another year of control." I've well, never they're heard not going to say, say it. That. They're not going to say it. But and I, I, I really I think it's a, is it possible that's the case. Yeah, is it probable? I don't think so. But who knows what lurks in the hearts of men. <laughs> <laughs> Only the shadow knows. Only the shadow knows. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's, hear, let's hear what um, Scooter had to say about a couple things here. Uh, just wanting to win, and, and, and he addresses his health. I want to win ball games. You know, the All-Star game is great. Um, all my accolades are, are great, but you know, ultimately, what's going to make me feel like I've done my job and the best of my abilities is if we make it to the playoffs and you know, win a World Series. How's the shoulder? It's good. It's good. It's uh, 100%. I mean, it's as good as it can be. I've actually finished the season better than I started it, and usually it's the opposite. So as long as I stay up on all the, the strengthening, it, it'll, be, it'll be fine. So Scooter, who... Name gets tossed around about trading about as often as uh, stocks on the stock market. Um, he's still here, and his shoulder as well. I said last year, okay, he's not a Gold Glove second baseman, but I don't think he's as bad as we act like he is sometimes. And I think with his shoulder healthy and can throw better, I think I think he might be okay. I agree. I, I don't think he's like I said. Senzel's probably could probably be a better second baseman with the glove, but it's not like they got a catcher out there playing second base. So I mean, it's sort of that thing like before. It's like okay, these guys are better than Scooter. You know, of course I'm using my hand gestures here; nobody can see them. <laughs> you know, they're a level above, 
but are they are they ten levels above him or a cut one or two? And is it how much difference does it really make? Now we are trading, we are bringing in ground ball pitchers and so forth. So he, if that, if it's going to be more ground balls, Scooter's going to get more ground balls. So that matters. But I think I'm happy he's here. I'm very Still. happy. I mean, we're. I think a lot of it we're comparing him to Brandon Phillips. I mean, he's not. He's never going to be Brandon Phillips defensive. But then again, I'll take his offense any day and have you know average defense. I mean, the way that he plays, I'm thrilled with him. And the positive influence. Absolutely. You know, when if you remember, Brandon signed that contract, and then what was it? Just two or three years later, he was complaining. Yes. He was complaining about the contract that he chose to sign. Yeah. I, I doubt you will ever hear anything like that from Scooter. That'd today. be like Suarez after this. If Suarez has another good year. Well, be careful now. When? Be careful of this hypothetical. <laughs> I'm just saying it would be like if Suarez has another good year and starts fussing about his contract. But he and, would, I, and I don't think he will. But and, but that's what Phillips and, and, did. And, and Jim's, Jim's, just... Jim's about ready to jump out of his chair and slug me. <laughs> but no. No, it's when Suarez has another good year. And Suarez being the great guy that he is is just thrilled. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. But it would be kind of like that. We just don't like need that. the divas that uh, no. exactly. wide receivers and cornerbacks yeah. in football. We don't need this on this Reds team. Exactly. We need the chemistry to be strong. And now yeah. that we got rid of Homer, hopefully that's Amen. all got gotten rid of. And then one of the guys, though, did you hear, was it Reed or Romano said, talked about how much Homer helped him. It was Cody Reed. He said, and he says, and I know you guys are surprised about that. It, it was funny because he knows yeah. that how not only the the fans are, he's been towards the fans, but he also, I think, you know, he talks about how Homer invited him over to his house once. Well, you know, if he's that thrilled over inviting him over to his house once, which Homer might have taken him under his arm a little bit and helped him out, and that's cool if he did, but... But you live with those guys. Right. You live with them six-plus months a year. Of course you're going to have bonds. Of course you're going to have friendship. Of course you're going to see good and bad. And generally, for the most part, you're not going to air your dirty laundry out. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, Any more significant roster changes? you foresee anything? I, I really don't. The real Muto thing could come up. I've heard that again. That would be the only thing I think would happen. Pollock went to the Dodgers. Maybe the Reds really tried to get him. Maybe, I mean, would you rather play in L.A. or Cincinnati? I don't know. I might, you know, well, a lot of guys would rather play in L.A., you know, and they've been winning, they've been more successful lately. And that's what I have to say. That's what's impressed me so much about David Bell, um, even though I wasn't happy at all when they first signed him. Um, I was actually pretty upset with it. But when I've seen him make the moves and bring in some of these pe- uh, people to help him out, it has blown me away for the simple fact you got a hitting coach was from a first-place team. You're going to a last-place team by choice. You got a pitching coach that went from a first place team to a last place team. You know he's he's got some uh, I don't know he's got some pull to be able to get these guys in. He's got some persuasive yes. Uh, obviously got some persuasive uh, abilities. I mean not obviously there was a, a money was part of that, but right still, yeah, exactly. That's why my mind's completely changed about the guy. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm excited about it. I liked the hire because it, one, it wasn't a retread. Yeah. You know, but you know, I I do know that I read that I think Williams said they're probably not done. They're still looking, but don't. I I got that. Yes, that. that I want to say I maybe remember reading something that they're not looking to spend a lot of money, which makes me think, okay, you've got a bunch of 
two to fours on your rotation, all right, or threes, whatever you want to say. And we're going to go with that, and we're not going to go after Keiko. Now, no. if something happens and drops in the lap, I think we'd all be in favor of it, depending on who we end up. Well, no, he's a free agent. He's a free agent. But he'd I, have to he'd have to say I'm taking three years and I'm coming down under twenty million and all that kind of right. stuff for them to even consider it. Because right now their projected payroll is about one twenty three, and Keiko's going to put you at one forty or more. And I don't see the Reds going that high. No. I that I mean they're going from what one hundred and two last year already. They've already gone up twenty twenty million plus. Are they going to go another? I don't see it. Now, if you trade Kemp in his $21 million, somehow you trade if you trade him before the season starts and make room for something like that, I could see that. But And some people say, well, Kemp's got a contract, too big contract to trade. Well, it's like he's been traded four times in like two or three years. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so that's not really a thing. Uh, <laughs> people are uh, trading it off and willing to trade for it. So, And that's you know. when you look in spring training the other team's rosters and see – Okay, who got hurt in what position? Right. Yeah, yeah, that can happen. That can happen for sure. So, yeah, I think they're pretty much done. I think this is what we're going to see. I could see them signing a relief pitcher. You'll see a couple guys picked up for minor league stuff. Um, you'll see a move that's like, what? Who's that? Well, you know, they they got to ma- they got to fill minor league rosters, and they they kind of screwed that up early last year. Mm-hmm. They had to move a bunch of guys back and forth from Greenville to. Dayton between Greenville, Dayton, and uh, the, the the new rookie league team in Greenville, Tennessee, mm-hmm. and Dayton, and then the Billings team in the Pioneer League, they had to shovel with these guys. There were some guys that were on planes like twice in th- three days because somebody didn't do it right. Because you can only play so long in the rookie leagues, and you got to move up. And they got it all straightened out. But there is a lot of roster management going on, and and things that happen. And you're like, well, so what? What's with this guy? Well. There's such, I mean, there is roster filler in the minor leagues, and those some a lot of those guys kind of know what they are, but they like to play ball and might as well do it as long as they can. So, anyway, all right, boys, let's wrap it up. What do you say? Had enough? It's good. Anything it's, else? Uh, what I say is, it's fun to come here to this broadcast, to this podcast, and we have hope. We have hope finally, and looking forward to spring training and people staying healthy and. A bounce back year for Votto. Yeah, I, I'm more excited and he, and this year than I have in years. He wasn't horrible, but he just wasn't normal Votto. Right. Winker staying healthy. Just and we haven't even talked hardly about Peraza. Right. The improvement he had last year from the year yes. before. If he can Drastic. continue that, it's just it's exciting. It's fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for joining us, Jim. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Taking time out on your busy Saturday. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm a busy man. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was no Red's caravan today. So yeah, that's about it. He didn't have anything else to do. <laughs> Made it through the traffic in Cedarville, so that's yes. <laughs> Well, pitchers and catchers are packing their bags yes, for sunny are. Arizona, and we're feeling the initial awesome baseball for real. So here's a little Sal Romano to put a wrap on episode 36. Fans are really, really excited. Um, I, I feel like some fans were a little disappointed when Billy left, but I think the trade uh, with the Dodgers really kind of, you know, jump-started everyone back up again and got that buzz in Cincinnati. You know, bringing a guy like Yasiel Pui, what he brings to the game, and then you obviously bring in a guy like Matt Kemp with the experience he has, and then, you know, the two pitchers, the two starting pitchers that we have as well. Um, it's definitely going to help our team. It can only help, help to improve our team, and I think everyone uh, in Cincinnati and in Red's country are really, really excited to see what 2019 has in store for you.